Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what? We ought to get excited about the things of God. You know, instead of walking around like drib and drab. You know those guys? <laughs> or girls? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, boy, I feel the presence of God in this place tonight. I really do. Amen. Glory to God. That's what we want, right? That's what we want. And we'll, we'll fill you in a little bit more on this next week, but we're also going to have two all-night, Friday all-night prayer meetings in the month of April. And we'll be telling you more about that. So we'll be telling you for those dates. We're going to go six to six. Amen? Hallelujah. We're, we're, you know what? We got some fiery prayer warriors that are ready to tackle this thing. We're going to, God, the Holy Spirit is moving. Hallelujah. When, 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 when people want to have an all-night prayer meeting, they're getting serious about God. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray over the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you tonight. And we thank you, Father. I pray tonight for that spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray for eyes to open and to, to see your word for the truth that it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight, you know, I was praying, and pastor was praying this afternoon, and I'm like, well, if you get something, you know, just let me know. And a lot of times I already know because sometimes we do series, but it just hasn't been that way recently. And uh, I just, um, I just, you know, yesterday I didn't know. Usually, you know, I like to know like, you know, two weeks ahead of time. You know me, the one with 40 pages of notes. <laughs> But um, anyhow, I felt like I felt like led to do this. I kept going back to these notes and back to these notes. So tonight we're going to talk about being made righteous by faith, amen, and and how important it is to our faith walk, to our prayer life, to seeing answers to prayer, to coming boldly to the throne instead of wimpy. Come on, and we're going to see what Jesus did for us. By making us righteous. There's nothing you can do to make yourself righteous. But he made you righteous. And you know why? Because you can't go in the presence of God with sin. But you can go when Jesus makes you holy. Amen? That's why when a person's born again and they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're forgiven of all of their sin. They're made righteous and they can go boldly to the throne. Amen? Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, say mercy, and find grace to help in the time of need. You know, as long as we're living on this earth, there's going to be times of need. There's going to be times, whether it's for our personal need or for somebody else, but there, we should be going before the throne of God. And, and a lot of times people aren't going. Well, they're going, but they're going in a wimpy, God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. God, I'm, I'm sorry I haven't prayed uh, today. Or God, I'm sorry I, I swore at my spouse. Or God, I, I'm sorry I did this. And so we're, we're going. We're backing into the kingdom in a wimpy manner, you know, rather than a bold manner. And God's wanting you to come boldly. Let's look at Romans chapter 5. I want to make this statement. You are righteous for no other reason 
but that God made you righteous. Say, I am righteous. Some of you have a hard time saying that, but you are righteous. You are made righteous. You are made justified. You are made morally sound by God. Amen? Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul made a comparison, and he said, in the same way that you became a sinner through what Adam did, you became righteous through what Jesus did. And if you open up your ears tonight, you'll hear something that will change your life. The first time I got this revelation of, of righteousness, um, I was, I think we, was, we were living in uh, Fresno, California. It was before I came back here. And I remember, you know, going to pray and always feeling guilty, always feeling like condemned, never feeling worthy, you know, just always going in, you know, just always having that feeling of guilt. And you just couldn't, you know, it, sometimes you, I just couldn't shake it. I remember that years ago when I was first saved. I was always in prayer, but I didn't really know how to pray. And so um, anyhow, uh, somebody, and I don't know who, gave me a book by G. Raymond Carlson, and he was the superintendent of the Assembly of God Church, and it was on the Book of Romans. And I said, I'm going to go through. It was a workbook. And I went through that book. And I am telling you, I was so set free by this message of righteousness. It changed my prayer life. It changed my life. And then when we came back here, you know, you, know, you get a revelation and you meditate on it and you start going towards that and you start praying with boldness. You start knowing who you are in Christ. And like, like I said years ago, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all of these books that, you know, our identity in Christ. We didn't have those yet. But I remember um, we were, we were uh, had become friends with another pastor. His name was Raymond. And I was feeling that way again. And so we went to this meeting. We went to, they had a Bible study, and they invited us. It was in High Park. And that night, he taught on the book of Romans, and he taught on the righteousness of God. And it was just like another confirmation, because I would go over some of these things, even with Pastor Ed, and he'd be like, well, you better be sure about that, because, you know, because you're going you're gonna to be like, oh, I don't know if this is really true, because it is really true. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then, and then the, the, the next time it happened, this is why I know it's the Holy Spirit, was when we had when we first started having Pastor Tom and Maureen back here, and Pastor Maureen taught on the exchange of righteousness and how Jesus did everything for us. And so I'm telling you, this will change your life if you'll open up your, your heart and your ears and hear it. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. He's, the Apostle Paul is saying here, he's saying, again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many sins or many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men. I'm going to stop there for a second. When Adam sinned, every one of us became a sinner. When we were born, we were born into sin. He was our father. 
that's 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 what happened. He sin, Adam and Eve when when they sinned, we inherited that sin. And so it's saying here, just as a result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness, Jesus Christ, was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. So just, it, it, it's a free gift. It's not something you can, be, you can earn. But just as when we became, when, as Adam sinned, we became sinners. When Jesus went to the cross, we became righteous. We have to receive that righteousness by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There's, it's, a lot of people can receive the part where, yeah, we became sinners, but they, can, they have a hard time receiving the part that, yes, we are righteous, and we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Something happened. Either something happened or it didn't. So we didn't have to sin to become a sinner. It was in our nature. We were born into sin. We didn't have to become a sinner. We don't have to be perfect and sinless to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you are thinking, oh, that's blasphemy, Pat. That's, you know, but it's true. Let's go on. You were not made a sinner by what you did. It was the disobedience of Adam who made you a sinner. It was by the obedience of one, Jesus Christ, that you were made righteous. Jesus made you righteous. It is a free gift. It is not by your works. It is not by how much you come to church. It is not by how many prayers you prayed. It's not how nice you are to your husband and wife. It's not how many times you don't swear. It's not, it's, it's not, now we don't want to do those things and we'll touch on that. <laughs> okay. I'm not giving you this uh, permission to go out and sin. Sin is not a good thing, amen? It produces bad consequences. But you, if, you, if, if you could see, listen, God looks at you and I through the blood of Jesus. He doesn't look at our sin. He doesn't judge us according to our sin. I know you're, you're, some of you are just hearing these things for the first time. A lot of people have got this in their head but not in their heart. Many people don't have this revelation, Amen. People, a lot of times, they get offended at the dumbest things. If people have long hair, if they have tattoos, if they sing songs that are not hymns. Come on now. People just, you know, they just, it's all according to, I remember when we first started reaching the youth and, and we had a mosh pit. Can you believe that, a mosh pit? They talked me into it where they passed kids around and we had a, a rock and roll Christian band People got saved that night. A young man that was a drummer gave his testimony. And they said if we'd never had that type of, if we never had that mosh pit, if we never had that type of uh, outreach, they would have never walked their, they would have never walked through the doors of a church. Amen? But there were other people that were upset that, that we were letting the young people wear certain T-shirts. Listen, you saw Jesus' revolution, right? <laughs> but the word says the word of God says that you and I were born a sinner we didn't become a sinner 
We were born a sinner, we, but we sin as a result of our sin nature. It was in our nature to sin, and it says in the same way, when you got born again, you were made righteous. When you received Jesus, you don't become righteous. It's not based on your actions. You just, when you're born again, you are born again righteous. And, and I'm going to share some scriptures with you. Brand new creation in Christ. What does that mean? Amen? Now, I'm talking about our spirit, man, because we got to deal with the flesh, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I just shared a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm just passing all these nights. Uh, all these notes. Hallelujah. Here we go. Condemnation and guilt will keep you from coming boldly into the throne room to get what you need. And it's time for you and I to realize, listen, God doesn't want us coming into the throne room whimpering. You say, but God wants us humble. And you know what humbleness is? Humbleness is coming boldly into the throne room. There's a story that I heard told years ago by a minister, and it was about a dog named Honey. Has anybody ever heard that story? This dog was, was called Honey because he, was, uh, he had a honey colored. And this young man was going off to Vietnam, and he wanted to buy his, his mom a dog, and he wanted it to be a watchdog. And so Honey was a watchdog, but he was a rescue dog. And Honey would, before they got him, he was beaten with chains all the time. Just, just really, you know, really abused. And so um, anyhow, they adopted him. They got him in. And anybody that would come near that house, if the mailman would come, anybody, that dog, he looked so mean. He was, I think, a, they said part German shepherd and part chow. And he would jump up at the fence and shake the fence. And they said, but if the mailman would open that gate, Honey would all of a sudden lay down and begin to stay like five to ten feet away and just whimper on his back towards the mailman. <laughs> and so this young man, when he came home, this was still happening. He came home from war. This, this is still going on. And so he said, you know, he'd come out every day and he'd, and he'd sit on his back step and um, Honey would do the same thing to him. He'd run up to him and he'd be so happy to see him. But when he got five or ten feet away, he'd lay on his back afraid that he was going to be hit. And so anyhow, anyhow he had this dog for years. And one day he walked out and, and, and he sat on the step and here comes his dog running and it runs towards him and, and starts falling on its side again, whimpering and coming up and acting like, like he was going to hit him. And so uh, this young man, he just got mad at his dog. He said he lost his cool. He said, honey, just once I would like you to come and jump on me like a normal dog and not act like I'm going to beat you. Anyone who sees the way you act, they would think I'm just terrible to you, that I'm beating, beating you. And as he was reading this dog, the riot act, and right in the middle of the sentence, God said, I feel exactly the same way about you. And God said to him, just once I'd like you to come and act like I've set you free and redeemed you and that you are righteous. Really. It was, just, it was just a great story. Amen? And this is the way most of us approach God, and it's because we do not understand that we were made righteous. Do you think, what's going on? My, my, 
thing is, is, I don't know, it's still working. It's trying to find something. Probably can't find what I'm preaching, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But just imagine Jesus going into the throne room. Do you think Jesus would go into the throne room whimpering? No. And he made a way for you and I to boldly enter into that throne room. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says this, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, as good as God is. Amen? We were made like God's goodness, like God's holiness, the way that God is. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21 in the, in, the, in, the, in the New Living Translation. It says, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. See, we were made right. We were made good. We were sinners. That's the whole reason Jesus went to the cross. That's why he, he had the nails driven. That's why he, had, he was whipped on the back. That's why he went into hell for three days and three nights. He took your punishment. He stood in the gap for you and I, and he did that. But not only did he take away our sin, there was an exchange made so that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you are born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and God looks at you through the blood of Jesus as if you have not sinned. He sees you cleansed. He sees you cleansed. You, it, it's a position that God has given us. Amen? It's an exchange. You're not righteous because of what you do. It's what Jesus did that made you righteous. But somehow we think it's according to our works. We think it's how good we are. Well, you just, you just pick out somebody that is good all the time. We couldn't be good. We could never be righteous. And so Jesus did that for us. God did that. When he says, for God so loved the world, that's what he did. He gave his only begotten son that we would have eternal life. We could never get into the presence of God because we were sinners. Don't you remember even Adam and Eve? They fellowshiped daily. But when, when, when sin came in, that separated them. Hallelujah. I believe that this is where the vast majority of the body of Christ, they live here. They constantly live under a guilt consciousness. Most people do not understand righteousness. They think that their righteousness is dependent upon their actions, and it's not. If I make a chocolate cake and I put all the ingredients in there, what is that cake going to come out like? A chocolate cake. If Jesus makes you righteous, then you're righteous, whether you feel like it or not. But if you keep, you're, you keep looking at your inadequacies, you keep looking at your sins, but it's time to look at who Christ made you to be. Because when you shift that and you begin to see who Christ made you to be, that gives you the power to overcome the weaknesses and the things in your life. Amen? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. It says, in the NIV, it says, and to put on the new self 
created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It says to put on the new self. You're a new man. We put on that righteous man every day. We put on that new man. We get up every day and say, God, I thank you that you have made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner saved by grace, but now I'm not a, sin, I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and, and the Bible says that if, when you mess up, see, a lot of times we, we uh, this is what I hear from people. They say, Pastor Judy, I ask God to forgive me over and over again. I just keep doing the same thing. How do I overcome sin? You will overcome sin when you recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Second, Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new man. You are a new person. According to heaven, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You become, you, you become clean through the blood of Jesus. The terminology here, the new man, is talking about the part of you, your spirit man that got born again. So it says you put on that new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You are, you are not in the process. Listen, you are not in the process of becoming righteous. You were created righteous when you got born again. Again, how did you become a sinner when you never sinned? How did you become a sinner when you never sinned? Right, you were born into it. How do you become righteous when you're not really a good person and do everything right? You were born again. You were born by the Spirit. And the Bible says that now you're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You were created righteous. You were created to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to look at a scripture in Isaiah 64, 6. Because you're all, I know some of you are saying, oh, you're just telling everybody they can just go see and they can go, they can go mess around. Verse 6 says this. All of us have become like one who is unclean, every single one of us. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So let me stop there for a second. Many of us have righteous acts. We might give to the poor. We might take somebody to lunch. We might pray for somebody. We, we might go to church. That's a righteous act. We might, we, we all have righteous there are people that are so good out there and so religious, and I take authority over that religious spirit in this place in Jesus' name. I believe you're going to receive this tonight. Listen, there are people that are so religious, and you think they're holy. You think they're, oh, they're so good. Oh, they're in church every day. But the Bible is clear right here. It said all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are all of our goodness is like filthy rags. All of our performances of all of our, this goodness to be righteous is like filthy rags. We all shrivel up, shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. All of, let me say this, all of God's judgment for your sin and my sin, every judgment 
for our sins was placed on Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you've been a real good person or a real bad person. Everybody has to receive Jesus to get into heaven. And it's not just to get into heaven. It's to receive the righteousness of God. It's receive your position of authority. It's to receive who God has made you to be. When you read through the epistles, you find out who you are in Christ, that you are more than a conqueror. Amen? That you are above and not beneath. That you're the head and not the tail. That you, I mean, you, you, you have victory in every area. You triumph in all things. Well, how is that true, Pastor Judy? That's what faith is all about. Now, let me give you an example of faith and righteousness. Let me say this first before I get into that. If you are not born again, okay, then you have to answer for your own sins. But if you put faith in Jesus Christ and you made him your savior, you receive what Jesus received, what Jesus deserves, not what you deserve. You see, there's, there was that exchange. And the only way you can receive it is by faith. Does that mean that it's okay for you to live, at sin, live in sin? It means that God is, listen to me, because some of you are going to just fall off your seat when I tell you this. That means that God is not going to punish you because Jesus already took all the judgment. Why would we look? How many of you watch The Passion? Of everything that Jesus went through, the judgment for our sin was put on Jesus. It was placed on him, and he did it in an exchange so that we can receive the righteousness of God, so we can go boldly into the throne room without whimpering and feeling like that we're a no good sinner, oh my gosh, and be like that wimpy dog. Forgiveness belongs to us. We can go boldly and say, Father, we thank you for forgiveness. Amen? Hallelujah. There are still, it, it does not mean that, that you can live in sin. There are still consequences to your sin, but it's not God punishing you. If you go and you live in sin, you're going to give Satan an inroad into your life, and he will come in and he will eat your lunch. When you just keep opening your life up, he will destroy you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that he will come in. He, he'll kill, he's a killer. He's a stealer. He's a thief. Amen? He comes for the purpose. He comes for the purpose to kill and to steal and to destroy. You go live in sin, and Satan will start killing, stealing, and destroying. And that's what he does. And just in case... I felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to, when I was typing this, in case you're wondering what sin is. Because I, I think there's just this fine line. Listen, all the judgment's been put on Jesus. I don't care how bad your sin is. The murderer, the, 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 was there a murderer on the cross? Was he not forgiven? Amen? But the, but the Bible clearly states that whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever it's not. And now I could give you a list. I can tell you fornication that 
That, and if you don't know what that means, that is sex before marriage. In case you don't know that, that's sin. That's an open door. Adultery, that's sex with someone other than your spouse. That opens the door to the enemy. Lying, stealing, cursing, swearing. The Bible says we're going to be accountable for every idle word. What are you speaking? We will be accountable for murder, for judging, for strife. Those are the things that are sin. You know, when you're causing strife, if Justin, it, it, Justin comes up here and, and Justin receives the offering every once in a while and, you know, and, and if I sit over there and, and I'm telling Pastor Ed, you know, I don't, I don't like him taking the offering anymore. He's too wild. He's too passionate. He's, he speaks too much of the Bible. I don't know what I'm going to say. He doesn't know what he's talking about. If I start, I'm causing strife. The Bible says if you judge, you're going to be judged. It's a law. God's not judging you. If, if I judge him, somebody's going to come along and say, oh, Pastor Judy's preaching again tonight. Oh. You know, I mean, we cannot judge people. Even if, they're, even if they're not doing the right thing, leave people alone. God taught me to mind my own business. You know, I'll get caught up in something. I'll be sitting by myself, and you know how you get into deep thought? And I'll be thinking about somebody in the situation, and I'll be thinking about, why are they doing that? In my head, you know? And the Holy Spirit will say, mind your own business. And it's so cool because I can say, I cast this care onto you, Lord. It's not my business. It's your business. Amen? But I just listed you some things that would be sin, that, that the, Bible, the Bible talks about. That is sin. That, that, that is bad. You know, James 3, 9, and 10 says this. It says, sometimes it praises our Lord. It's talking about our tongue. And Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So I just went through some pretty heavy sins. Now, how does it make you feel? Makes you feel pretty crappy, doesn't it? When you start thinking of things. When you start thinking of your sins, when you start, oh, man, I just, I just cursed my husband this afternoon. Oh, man, I, I swore I did this about somebody, you know, or, or I just, you know, talked about this person. I did this, whatever. It makes sin feels, does not make you feel crappy. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that we're forgiven of every sin. God didn't just forgive the sins of the moment. He forgave the sins of et for eternity. Amen? God will still love you. He'll, he'll still treat you like you've never sinned. But is that what you want? Because there's going to be consequences for your sin. If you go out and rob a bank and they catch you and they throw you in jail, you can read your 
Bible while you rot in jail, but you're going to go to jail because there's consequences for sin. Is that not true? Amen? But God is not. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you stepped into a place where Jesus took the judgment for your sin. Let me read this in, in uh, Romans 5.16 in the Passion Translation, and then I just have one more portion of Scripture. It says, And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, one sin, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted. We have been acquitted with the words, not guilty. Not guilty. Now, how many, I'm going to close with this, how many of you ever read Deuteronomy 28? Talks about the blessings and the curses. I'll never forget when, when, when Pastor Maureen taught this changed my life for I never I went I never went back to that guilty condemnation thing oh it'll try to come on me but that's from the pit of hell because most of the church lives in that place they're just constantly feeling they're not doing enough for God they're not saying the right things they're not well you know what your spirit man is born again then we got to renew the mind and then the soul comes we, we got to get the soul trained amen but it talks about the blessings for obedience, and then it talks about the curses for disobedience. And if you read Deuteronomy 28, and I, and I encourage you, read the book of Romans. I don't mean just read it through like you read through a Bible. Read and meditate, and I'm telling you, it, it will set you free, especially Romans chapter 5. It just, it's, it's all so good. The Apostle Paul is really clear. He talks about himself being the chiefest sinner of all. Like, he doesn't feel worthy to do what he was doing, but he talks about how he was made righteous. Amen? But in Deuteronomy, it says here, if you fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all the commands I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above all nations of the world, and you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in your towns and your country. It talks about being the head and not the tail, being blessed, and go, it goes on and on with all the blessings. And then you go down to verse 15, it says, But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and laws I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. And it talks about the curses. Now listen to me. That's Old Testament. It talks about the blessings and it talks about the cursings. This is what happened when Jesus went to the cross. The Bible says, number one, he redeemed us from the curse. That's what it's talking about there. He redeemed us. How did he do that? You know how he did that? And he brought the blessing to us at the same time. How did he, he do that? He obeyed God unto death. That's how he did it. All the obedience that needs to take place for the blessing took place 
in Jesus Christ. He did it for us. He stood there and he took, he obeyed and he redeemed us from the curse so that the, if you receive this by faith, then none of the curse belongs to you. Sickness doesn't belong to you. Lack doesn't belong to you. Poverty doesn't belong to you. Mental depression doesn't belong to you. Jesus redeemed it. He bought us out of that. And it says that the blessing of Abraham in Galatians has come upon us. Jesus did. When we think we have to do all, like, remember what I said. You know, you're not going to sin and not re, 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 there's not going to be consequences. But if, if, if it's something that you're working on overcoming, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And God forgives you and you just go on. Don't live in the guilt of that. Don't live in the devil saying, well, you're sick now. You'll never get healed. You'll never get blessed. You'll never have the victory. No, Jesus already provided a way. So when you're walking by faith, this is what it's like. You just messed up. You just, I don't know what you did. You did something bad. And the next day or whatever that night, you're feeling convicted. You're feeling guilty. You know, maybe you, I don't know, maybe you stole money out of your mother's purse or something. I don't know. You did something bad. But you're feeling pretty bad. You get up. This is what pleases God. This is what pleases God. Faith pleases God. It's when you walk into that throne room and you know who you are in Christ and you say, God, I'm feeling like a creep today. I'm so sorry for my sins. Forgive me, but I'm coming boldly into the throne room. And I'm standing in the gap for whoever you're standing in the gap. And you begin to pray like you're not guilty. And you begin because you've been declared not guilty by faith. You've got to step in it and you've got to walk in it. And I know you're thinking this is too good to be true, but it's true. It's true. And you know what? We, when you realize, worship team, you can come. When you realize that you are the righteousness in Christ, when you start meditating on you, I'm telling you, you step on the devil's head. You start, I mean, you, you start going into prayer like you're, you're, you're somebody, man. And you are somebody. You're a child of almighty God. Amen. You're a king and a priest. You are in a you are reigning from a position of authority and everything was freely given to us. Amen. But you got to grab a hold. This is just an introduction to this, but I'm telling you, it will change your life. You are no longer, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are no longer guilty. And even after you're saved, if you can point out to me one person that's never sinned, how about in this room, after they got saved? Maybe to just today. <laughs> and that's why you have to receive that righteousness by faith. And what happens is you begin to fall in love with Jesus. You begin to be so, I can't believe you did that for me. I can't believe that I'm, uh, that you, you're not, your judgment isn't on me anymore. It came on Jesus. Amen. How many of you want to pray bold prayers and get out of that condemnation, whatever? And the devil, listen to me. I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. 
I was praying the first time that revelation, I was praying every day for you asked Pastor, I was praying three, four hours a day. I'd read my Bible. I'd never turn the TV on. I would come home from church and go down in the basement and be in the word. I mean, everything was the word, everything. This this was going on. And I'm feeling guilty. I'm still feeling like a bad person. And I don't do drugs anymore. And I remember one day going to my job thinking, I, I just need to find a liquor store. I need to go get a beer or something. I need to, I need to do something. And I don't drink. I hate liquor. I never did find that liquor store. But I remember, I remember like I was going to do that that day. Because you're just feeling like, because that's where guilt does. It drives you into a big mess. So you got to receive your goodness by faith. Amen. Hallelujah.